Welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Chicago with a different special guest every week. And before I introduce this week's guest, I have to touch on a couple things from last week. I said the Southside gang Al Capone eventually took over was called the... I called them the Outfitters, but they're called the Outfits or the Chicago Outfits. And maybe they'll like the Outfitters better, but they're called the Outfits. Secondly, I keep asking for ghost stories, but sometimes I forget to add the email address. So if you, your friend, aunt, grandma, cousin, whomever has a personal ghost story, please email the story to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Now for today's episode, I am joined by a wonderful Chicago drag queen and someone I've had the pleasure of working with, Rachel Slurs. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. How would you describe a ghost? Um, shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I would describe a ghost as, um, honestly, someone, I, I, I guess you would, you can say like, you can see them. In my personal feeling, like yeah, yeah. you should be able to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're not tangible, but um, they linger around maybe due to like the fact that they don't have any, that they have some unfinished business okay. or anything of that nature. Yeah. Um, or they just want to like shoot the shit and like just be around. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts then? I do. Okay. Yes, okay. I do. Do you know many Chicago ghost stories? I don't. The mo- the more recent things that I know are like ghost stories from Dominican. Okay. Um, because when I was there, I had to. I was at one of their like student ambassador thingies, and we had to give tours to prospective right, right, students right. and stuff like that. And in our trainings, they will tell us this, these stories. Yeah. And like tell them in a way where it was like tell them on your tours, but don't tell them to like scare the students away right. type of thing. <laughs> um, I mean, Dominican University is really old. It is like all. Is it 100 years? It might be 100 it's years. It's gotta be something Shit, I don't like remember. that. <laughs> Fuck that school. Um, and it's, it's religious. So yes. Yes. Ghost nuns. Yes, <laughs> exactly. No, honestly, like, there were, like, places in the dorms where, like, you can tell there used to be rooms oh, yeah. that were, like, boarded up, and you literally knock where the door was, and you can just hear hollowness that's, within the room. That's creepy. And, it's and uh, yeah. Uh-uh. I, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm not, like, scared. Right. But there's, like, an aspect of ghosts that kind of, like... Yeah. Just feels wrong. Of course. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Well, today, I will be talking about the Sausage Vat murders. This sounds freaky. Yes. (laughs) What what do you think of... What do you think of the Sausage (laughs) Vat? Okay. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the evening of May 1st, 1897, so we're going way back, at around 10.15 p.m., Louisa Bickness, 
the wife of Chicago's sausage king, Adolf Lutgert, was having a discussion with her son about his trip to the circus, as you do. Just before 10.30 p.m., Adolf arrives in the kitchen and tells his son to head to bed. The following morning, Adolf expresses to his children that their mother had visited her sister the evening before, but she never returned home. A few days after Louisa's disappearance, her brother Dietrich went to the police to report her missing. When the cops came knocking, Adolf told them that Louisa ran off with another man. Now, if he's really the sausage king, I don't think she's sleeping with anybody else. <laughs> Definitely not, because he must have that thing swinging. <laughs> why else did you have that nickname? Exactly. <laughs> to understand why Louisa disappeared, we have to like learn about Adolf and Louisa's mm-hmm. history, you know? So, Adolf Lutgert was born in 1845 in Germany. He was the fourth born before his twin brother out of 16 children. It's just me and my brother. I cannot uh, yeah. imagine. No, it's, it's, well, come November, it won't be just me anymore, but it's been just me for 23 years, so I'm like... Imagine 15 other... Yeah, no. No. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have, like, some huge-ass house. Right, of course not. So, like, 18 of them and one... In, in no. the 1800s in Germany? No. No. <laughs> As the son of a tradesmith, Adolf left school at 14 years old and learned how to tan leather. And if you don't know, tanning leather is like the act of treating the hides of animals to make leather. Yeah. Um, If there were that many kids running around, I'd leave at 14 as well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He decided to travel and ended up in London at 19. But not finding much work, he moved to New York City. Oh, he was a theater gay. It's <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> what it was. New York. Um, worked there for a bit before joining his brother in Quincy, Illinois. Because if you don't make it in New York City, I <laughs> guess to Quincy, you moved to Quincy, Illinois. <laughs> Which if you don't know, Quincy, Illinois is like a tiny, tiny, tiny town. Kind of outside of like St. Louis. But it's small. Love. Oh, that's south. Yeah, it's far south. Mm -mm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He hopped around working at different tanneries until he saved $4,000 in the 1800s. That's rich. Which is crazy. $4,000 now is... Shit, a McDonald's number one with extra Mac sauce. (laughs) (laughs) You you have that your entire life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He used that money to open his own business, initially selling liquor... I believe he, like, owned his own inn type of thing and sold okay. liquor at the inn. But... Oh, so he, he's the founder of Steamworks. Gotcha. That's what it is. Gotcha. In Quincy, Illinois. <laughs> In Quincy, Illinois. <laughs> uh, he sold liquor before switching to sausage. During that time, he visited Germany, married his first wife, Caroline, and they had two children. When he moved back to the States with Caroline and their two children, his wife passed away. Some say she died in childbirth, but I don't think we really have an exact reason mm. to her death. I don't think it's written down anywhere, but two months two months later, he married Louisa on January 18th, 1878 in Chicago. Now, I'm sorry, that's a red flag. 
your, your wife dies, you're going to marry someone right, else in two, two months. months? Yeah, no. I mean, I would understand that if he is the sausage king. <laughs> that means he just got women just falling all in love with him you're and right. stuff, so. He had plenty to choose from. Exactly. <laughs> they had, uh, Louisa and Adolf had four children and owned their own company, the Lutgert Sausage and Packing Company. Now, I don't know if the four children were, like, all theirs, or if it's the two from Caroline and, and two, two from, from Louisa, but they gotta raise four kids. It's better than 16. Yeah. So, in Chicago, they owned a five-story factory, which was largely successful at the time. Adolf paid his workers more than anyone else in Chicago. They pushed out millions of pounds of sausage catered all over the country. This began rumors about Adolf's wealth. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a successful business, obviously everyone's like, oh. You got money. You got money. I yeah. want <laughs> give me some money. So much of it, he didn't know where to keep it. So he had a lot of money. But, and this is like the rumors. So like yeah. the rumor oh, is yeah, he yeah. has so much money, he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, I would think the rumor's true. If you have a, a <laughs> successful ass meatpacking business. Right. Yeah. You're rich. He's packing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In many ways. Uh, Little did did everybody in Chicago at the time know, Adolf continually put the money back into the factory. So he's one of those people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like the millionaires today that keep pocketing money. It's like... He's investing it back into his business. Which is good. It's a good business plan. (laughs) And apparently Louisa had a lot to do with the saving as well. Like, she's thrifty. Yeah. But they did have one of the nicest houses in the area. But even though they had a gorgeous house, they didn't live largely. So I don't think they were going out. They were humble with their money. Very much yeah. so. I had, a, I had a teacher like that in high school who, like, he owned his own, like, I think he said his IT business or something. Okay. That was worth, like, seven figures, and he sold it. But now he was working at my high school, <laughs> driving a Subaru hatchback. I mean... And wearing, like, Walmart gym shoes. And I'm like, well, shit, save your money. Well, like, I, at yeah. least better shoes or something. <laughs> at least shop at Target. Exactly. I mean, something. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I couldn't... I'd like to think that I would live humbly if I had a lot of money. I think I would fall somewhere between, like, living humbly and, like, just to the extreme. Like, right. somewhere in the middle... <laughs> I don't know exactly where, but I like need that coach bag. Exactly, but I'm not in a mansion. Like, let me get like one or two pair of Louboutins, right? Like a couple of nice like wigs, some custom like expensive ass outfits. Your drag would be next level. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, it might not you know. be for you, but your drag will exactly. be succeeding. Just a nice apartment to walk into, something like not even a house. I don't need a house. Fuck a house. I agree. I agree. Like, give me like a townhome or something yes. like with the works. Absolutely, and I'll be set. I'm in. You t- yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> he was said to be worth $300,000 in 1893 during the Chicago's World's Fair. Which, today, if you don't want to do inflation math, is <laughs> $8.7 million. Holy shit. Which would be lovely. I'd love 8.7. I, I would love that, too. I'd love $0.7 million. I, right, exactly. <laughs> like, I Honestly... Just give me $10,000 right now and I'd be set. And I'll be keep my mouth shut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> His wealth and fame made him a very popular man. However, 
by... So, however, most of his money was borrowed after a failed business endeavor. So he did have a lot of money, but then he was like, I'm going to go off and, like, spend my money on some random business yeah. deal, and it fell through. So then he ended up having to, like, borrow a lot of money from the bank, which didn't, I mean, which wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And then when the economic... There was an economic depression at that time in 1897, so the economy dipped, which sent Louisa and Adolf in a huge panic. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, after having that much money and then, like, losing, losing it all, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't blame them. But, obviously, that created a lot of tension between Louisa yeah. and Adolf. So, Adolf moved into the factory with his great Danes and was only seen in their large house for meals. So, I don't want to say Louisa kicked him out, Louisa kicked his ass out. But Louisa kicked his ass out. <laughs> she said, you gotta go. <laughs> you threw all our money away. You gotta go. Right. Just take the dogs. I'm taking the dogs type of moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want... If I was in her position, I got four kids. I also don't want to take care of two Great Danes. Yeah, no. That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> you gotta clean up after dogs, your kids, and then occasionally your your husband that you don't really like. Exactly. No. Especially because Adolf was known for being a womanizer. Uh, as we probably knew exactly, before. Exactly, <laughs> because he's the sausage king. Yes. He had multiple mistresses, including Louise's cousin. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so that's just, that's a little shady. If I was in Louise's shoes, I would have been left his ass. Right? <laughs> no, you're not for, no, not for my cousin. I don't know how divorce worked back then. I'm pretty sure they couldn't do it. Or... They probably could. It just didn't look good. No, for sure. Yeah. I also don't know if they were religious or not, but yeah, I'm sure she was like, I still want some kind of money. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's, it's complicated, but several rumors of domestic violence spread throughout the town as well. So he's also beating her. It's a shitty situation. I would have left. It sounds like the perfect couple. Honestly... If all this was happening, I'm pretty sure there were red flags. Oh, there's gotta be. There had to be red flags. Leading up to it, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a little fun fact. Adolf borrowed money from Chicago's Foreman Brothers Bank. The vice president of the bank was Oscar Foreman, whose nephew was the infamous Nathan Leopold, who was one of the killers of Bobby Frank, who I covered in episode five. So, everyone in Chicago is connected some way or another. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Anyway, that leads us to the disappearance of Louisa on May 1st, 1897. Of course, Adolf lied. Yes. Why do I feel like this is going into, like, a... He, like, shoved her in one of the meat machines <laughs> and made her into sausages type of thing. A uh, Sweeney Todd moment. Yeah. A meat pies moment. Um, maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> But of course he lied. I mean, he she's not visiting her sister the night after she hung out with her son. Mm-hmm. And she's not off with another man, even though she should have been. Yeah. Like, she had every right to go off like, with another man. Exactly. Beating, cheating. Yeah. Yeah. She should have, yeah. No money. Poor girl. Four kids. <laughs> That's not a life I want. <laughs> oh. Louisa was not visiting her sister or on the run with another man. 
In fact, Louisa was seen entering the factory with Adolf that night around 10.30 p.m. So after, like immediately after he sent his son to bed, Mm -hmm. he's like, come with me to the factory. I gotta show you something or whatever (laughs) he said to lure her there. But um, a watchman of the factory like opened the factory up for them at 10.30 p.m. May 1st, 1897. Adolf gave the watchman an errand to run and told him to take the rest of the evening off. Another red flag. By May 15th, so 14 days later, the police tracked purchases of arsenic, potash, and lye back to Adolf. Now, arsenic and potash together is still used today to, like, kill rodents. Mm -hmm. And lye is used in soaps, but it can be toxic on its own as well. It's also used to eat dead tissues. So if you mix lye with water and, and like add it to a dead animal or something in a sealed container, and then if you heat it, it'll accelerate the process of like decomposing oh, the, body, Lord. the animal body. So, I'm sh- so I'm sure you can guess how Adolf used it, but the police couldn't find Louise's body after she went missing. And after her brother contacted the police, and after Adolf lied to them and everything, the police could not find her body. So they believe that Adolf disposed her remains in the factory furnace. So in a sausage yes. vat. In the furnace, they found sausage, of course. Yes. Human bones. Two from a foot, and one from a rib. And two rings. One initialed LL. I'm assuming Louisa Luker. <laughs> so they arrested Adolf, mm-hmm. of course. But anyway, there were many sightings of Louisa before the trial began from across the United States. I feel like that's common, though. When someone dies, there's always people like, I saw him in mm-hmm. Sweden. Yeah. I saw him eating lunch in Arizona. You know, it's like weird like that. Yeah. I guess there are doppelgangers. And things uh, definitely. I. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, Louise, Same thing with Louisa, though. She went missing, the police reported on it, and everyone's like, oh, I saw her here, there, and everywhere. But the most, the most notable was her boarding a ship in New York City, and apparently the ship was going to Europe. But none of the sightings were corroborated, mm-hmm. of course. Adolf and his defense team tried using the lack of Louisa's body as their defense. You know, she's not dead. Her body's nowhere to be mm-hmm. found. And, like, sightings of her just added to the defense. Mm-hmm. Like, see, people see her. Um, this case was one of the earliest to gain media attention. That's what I was just about to say. Like, how, from somewhere so small in right. Illinois, did this get, like, across the damn country? Well, they moved from Quincy, Illinois to Chicago. So they're in Chicago. But Chicago, at this point, still isn't that large. Yeah. It's still, because we haven't gotten the move west really happening that yeah. frequently. So... I'd say this might be one of the first, like, true crime. You know, like, the OJ case is huge. There's so many cases like that, but this was, like, the first one. Because I'm like, back then, all they had was, like, paper. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this had to get around quick. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know. I know a lot of newspapers wrote about it, but I wonder if, like, other cities wrote about it as well. Probably. Oh, yeah. Of course, there were rumors that he used his body's... 
course, there were rumors that he used his wife's body as meat for mm-hmm. his sausages. But Adolf's case was the first time a professional anthropologist was called called to testify at a murder trial. So anthropologist is a study of culture and societies. So I think that's interesting to have someone that studies culture be called for a murder trial. Yeah. But that's odd. It doesn't make sense. No, I don't know what they would be saying on the stand. Yeah. Like yeah. Culturally, he killed her. Right. <laughs> like, I don't. Societally, people seen her around the right, world, yeah. so he couldn't have done it. <laughs> I don't get it, but hey, it's cool. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense at all. The final trial resulted in a hung jury. <laughs> Fitting for the Sausage King. <laughs> I don't know how many more dick jokes we can uh, throw in here, but. But he was sentenced to life imprisonment in the retrial. So mm-hmm. he still went to jail. A year and a half later, he dies in prison from heart disease. And if you ask any doctor, they'll tell you that eating too much like processed meat will give you mm-hmm. heart problems. So I can only imagine. So. <laughs> right, exactly. This whole thing is so ironic. And I haven't I've seen a couple like, you know, drawings and stuff of him. Mm. He's a large guy, so Stuck in a prison cell. Clogged arteries. Yeah, I, it's not cute, Mm-mm. but the factory still stands, and now you can live in it. Today? It has been turned into condominiums. No, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Well, before we get into the hauntings, we're going to take a short break. So order some sausage on Grubhub <laughs> or Grinder, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Let's get into these hauntings, because there's a there's, just, there's a handful. <laughs> <laughs> so during the trial, during Adolf's trial, Adolf accused the prosecutors and the police of hiring ghosts to scare him. If that's also not a red flag, <laughs> like he's obviously being haunted. Yes. By Louisa, because I don't play. She's like I'm gonna. Before I die, I'm going to haunt the shit out of this man. But were ghosts that, like, like prevalent within their, like, culture that, like, oh, the police just hired ghosts? Like, <laughs> where the fuck do you go to hire a ghost? You're right. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, where's the... God. Where's the ghost, like, sitting in a police off, like, a police station just waiting their turn to be called Exactly. Back? There's, like, a temp agency. Just exactly. For just for ghosts. A ghost temp agency. Absolutely. No. That would be hilarious. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, he's obviously losing his mind yes. if he's thinking anybody's hiring ghosts to haunt yes. him. But, like, it got so far to where a neighbor and a witness had to testify at the trial that she never dressed up as Louisa and roamed the halls of the factory. So he thought someone dressed as a ghost or hired a ghost or whatever to haunt the shit out of him. So much that the neighbor had to go and test her and be like, why would I do that? Yeah. 
Though, if she did, it's a great prank. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just, like, fuck with them. Yes, and then testify that you did it. like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I have no good. connection to these people, so why would I do this? Powder your face like crazy. <laughs> They're on so much white clothing. It'd be hilarious. Neighbors during and after the trial said to have seen a woman in white wandering the inside of the house and frequently leaning against the mantle above the fireplace. So apparently it was common during the trial that they saw Louisa hanging out. Just chilling. Hanging out. Maybe waiting for him to get home. (laughs) She's like, I'm not dead. I'm here. Exactly. (laughs) You cannot get rid of me that quickly. Years later, though, an officer claimed to have chased a ghost into the basement of the factory. So I think he was like called up being like, I think someone's in that factory. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's abandoned because he's in jail or yeah. died or dead at this point. Oh, so like, um, they like fully like closed the, the whole thing down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, whole thing shut down. Um, and I think it remained vacant for a while. There's claims that there was a fire in the factory, but the, build, the structure itself didn't burn down mm-hmm. like the insides may yeah. have but not the structure but so i think the house that they lived in behind okay so what I, when i was reading an article okay. they said that the house they moved the house south of the factory eventually so the house doesn't currently stand any longer but the factory itself is still there but they've added on to it mm. or is it like a Wright Brothers house, like a museum type, or is someone like is it livable? No, it's livable. Like people straight up live in that place. No. <laughs> like no. Would you live? Would you live in a murder Hell no. house? Hell no. <laughs> I've watched too many movies. Like granted, I believe in ghosts, but I don't. I don't think I believe enough to the fact where like. Um. Shit, I lost my train of thought. Um, but no, I would not. It's just, I mean, it's it's very real. Once, I mean, I guess you could go about your day and not like think about what happened in the house, but there's at least one point where you're just sitting on the couch and you're like, something? Hair standing up on your arm and shit. Yeah, no. I think I, I kind of mentioned this in an earlier episode, but I would live in a murder house if it was cheap. Yeah. And if the ghost wasn't like... A, if there is no ghost, cool. If there is a ghost, they gotta be chill. Yeah, nice. I really like, can't, like... Put my dishes up or some shit. Right. Like, <laughs> put my clothes away. That'd be great. Exactly. Um, maybe, I don't fucking know, like, don't watch me having sex or some shit. Yes. <laughs> Just chill. I don't Sit in the other room. Exactly. To, absolutely. That's like the hotel room uh, in Colorado where Stephen King did The Shining and they talk about the ghosts, like, putting their clothes away. That'd be lovely. Yeah. I don't feel threatened. I feel... But thank you. Yeah. You just make my life easier. Yes. Don't try to scare me every fucking night. Right. But standing in the corner watching me yeah, all no. night long, that's or like, creepy. You got a rocking chair in your room and that shit just moving? That shit's no. terrifying. Yes. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anything moving when you're not by it is like not okay. I think anything moving in general. <laughs> and it's Fair. not like a prompted like thing that right, you've right. done. I think back of like kids toys and they go off like when batteries fail yeah. you know they just go off You're like Ooh. that's still creepy yeah. though yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the, the voice is all distorted exactly yeah, no. <laughs> my brother had a tickle me elmo no 
And seriously, at like 3 a.m., it would just start like. No, no. Stop tickles. I need to be fucking gone. <laughs> and I'm like sitting in my bed like, what the fuck? Turn that I'd off. I'd piss my fucking self. I could not do it. I promise you I couldn't. That would drive uh-uh. me insane. I also had a toy that was like, it was like a navy rubber ball. It was pretty mm-hmm. big though. And it had like, I don't want to call them spikes because they weren't pointy, but they had like. Yeah, like the, I know what you mean. And if you it threw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you threw it, it would vibrate and, like, play Wipeout. Like the... Oh, no. So anyway, I got too old to, like, throw around or whatever, or the battery died or whatever. So we put it up on the shelf, and again, at the middle of the night, it would just start playing Wipeout Mm -mm. and shaking, and it would fall off the Mm -mm. shelf. Like, I don't understand why that's happening in the middle of the night. I throw it away. Why is that not happening at, like, 2 p.m. or yeah, something no, like that? Yeah, no. I throw it away. It's, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we did. After that, I was like, no, it gotta it's go. to go. <laughs> you keep stuff for so long. You're like, oh, it's just memories. And then scary shit starts yep. to happen. No, it got to go. I don't care if it's a melted battery. I don't mm-hmm. care if somebody... Yeah, no. It has to... I've had enough. <laughs> I remember... That actually kind of happened to me, but it was like... It was one of those toys. It was one of those the games. What is it called? Um, uh, it was like white with like blue buttons, and like you press the button to get like whatever the topic was, and you have to explain what it is to somebody. Oh else. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget like what it's called. Phrase? Catchphrase. Okay, Thank you. Okay. And the battery died, and well, I thought the batteries right. died in that. <laughs> and granted, it's been in my like it. Well, before I moved, it yeah. was in like this tote for like the longest time. And, like, up until, like, close to when I was moving, it would start making noises again. No. And I'd be no. like, uh... No. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, no. Time to buy a new catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> or buy the old one that doesn't need batteries. Right. <laughs> My best friend and I went to a secondhand shop randomly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he was looking at, but I just happened to, like... There was a mirror and we were like collecting mirrors at that mm-hmm. time. So I was moving things to like get to the mirror, but I moved a couple things and behind like three objects was a Ouija board propped up against the mirror. <laughs> I tell myself to this day, like I would, I would want to try using a Ouija board, right, yeah. but then I'm scared because I'm like, there's a possibility like, cause like in some, in, in some like capacity, I know like. You can tap into this shit. Right, right, right. And I'm like, I don't want to open up any portals yeah. <laughs> or, like, any windows for any type of negative energy to come in or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Why play with fire? Yeah, you know? no. Uh-uh. I mean, if it's already haunted, I'll visit. Right. <laughs> but I'm not trying to make something haunted. Yeah, no. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah, I almost bought it as a joke, but then Ty was like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, That's no. not coming back to the apartment. <laughs> Though, it was like, I mean, I if it was a brand new Ouija board, that'd be something, yeah. you know, like, still in a wrapper or something, mm-hmm. but this looked old, in a second-hand shop, no. behind a bunch of shit, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, you're right. You, <laughs> I you couldn't do it. You couldn't pay me all the money in the world to be like, use this. Right, exactly. No, I would go broke. You're right, you're right. Damn, okay. Yeah, apparently someone saw a ghost in the factory and was like, hey, someone's in this factory. Can you come check? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, chases somebody down to the basement and they disappear. I think if I was a police officer at that point, I'd quit. Yeah. <laughs> Tear this whole damn building down at this point. Exactly. We don't need I to be bothered. I swear to God, I saw someone run down here. That's also really... I've, I've talked about this, too. It's like, seeing something out of the corner of your eye 
and physically seeing or interacting with something is two yeah, levels different. of yeah because you can like see something and like do a double take and be like oh it's like nothing there right, but, like, right. if you're like eye to eye with someone yeah and then you're like actively pursuing this person actively chasing somebody that... and then you get to a place where it's like okay they couldn't have gone anywhere else exactly. and they like run to a dead end or there's a wall or a door never opens anything yeah. some harry potter shit Maybe very much like that. a wall and shit <laughs> no yes a family in the 1970s said they experienced poltergeist activity in the basement. So I think that's where the sausage vats were, mm-hmm. um, where she died, of course. And then the story of the ghost running down there, and now people in the 70s, like people who live in the condominium, are seeing when, it now. When, when were the apartments made? I That's a good question. I didn't see a time. A lot of sources just said yeah. they were turned into condominiums. I'm assuming in the 60s, because I think that's when... So, from my understanding is that it was stayed vacant for a long time, and the fire happened right. early 1900s. And then I think another company purchased the factory. Mm-hmm. But they didn't last very long. And that's where the disconnect happens, where okay. that company ends and then turns into company. Yeah, ends. okay. Because people in the 70s were already living in it, mm-hmm. so... Louisa is said to still haunt not only their house, but the factory as well. Now that they have been converted to condominiums, she doesn't haunt the new sections. But if you visit on May 1st, you may just see her wandering the area. Oh, hell no. So if anybody's interested in meeting her... (laughs) Just go go ahead. (laughs) We're a little past May 1st, but plan your trip for next year. Well, if... Technically, she died a couple days ago at this point. Exactly. <laughs> and you live close by, so... Yeah, uh-uh. You can head okay. over. No, you won't catch me over there. <laughs> 10.30 p.m., uh-uh. go down. I'll be <laughs> safely here in my apartment. <laughs> okay, any final thoughts about this story? Do you believe ghosts are haunting the area? That area specifically? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you... They should have just tore the damn building down. That probably would have solved the... And dug the basement out. Yeah. <laughs> or sealed it up, something. Because you don't keep a building up that someone died in many, many years ago. Right. And convert it to apartments. <laughs> yeah. There was a... I was visiting a friend who lived in Old Town. And it was also a factory that they mm. turned into apartments. And he was telling me a story about someone dying in that building as well. Because I don't know what time period or anything, yeah. but like someone was being evicted or something because they didn't have any more money and stuff like that, and they kind of like lash out and like stab someone visiting the place to get an apartment uh-huh. and kill them. So now apparently, like they'll see ghosts like walking up and down the stairs and stuff like that. Like, uh-uh. yeah, no, you wouldn't catch me around <laughs> somewhere that's known to be haunted. Or let alone, like, inhabiting and just, like, living there on a consistent basis. Yeah. I think visiting is fine, but to live there? Yeah, yeah, no. I don't know. Because then you have to constantly interact with, like, said spirits and... Yeah. Yeah. Live your life around it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you have any of your own personal ghost experiences? Uh, honestly, not that I can, like, recall. That's good. Like, um, (laughs) obviously, like... Being, uh, 
being like the ambassador at Dominican, right. like knowing, knowing those ghost stories. Actually, um, when I was an RA there, right. Sometimes, like just to like get myself give myself a breather and like take some time for me, like really late or any time of the day, rather, but mostly when it was like late at night. Yeah, I would walk through the social hall, which has these like I don't know if you've ever paid attention to it or have even been in the social hall, but they're like when you're walking through the social hall to get to the dorms, mm-hmm. if you look up, there's like these faces. Okay. Up like, um. Like stone, stone face, like etched faces. Gotcha. In the, like the pan, not the paneling, like, like along saints or angels yeah, or something yeah. like that. Okay. And they were always, the stories that they told us, they were always known to like, especially like when people are walking through like by themselves mm-hmm. to whisper or talk to the, talk to people. So like they shave their faces off. Oh my God. So people couldn't see them or like think that they're talking to them. Right. But like. When I would walk through there really late, like, I'm, like, swear to God, I used to hear them talking. That's crazy. And it would, it would freak me the fuck out at first, but then I'm like, I knew this story, so, like, right. it's not shocking, but, like, for it to actually happen, it was, like, kind of creepy, but I wasn't, like, I'm scared for my life. Right, right, right. Do you yeah. think you weren't because you knew the story? Yeah. Okay. Like, if it was just, like, me walking through and I didn't know any of this, yeah. and I just hear people, like, talking, I'm turn around, like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nobody else here. So the faces aren't there anymore. No, they're, they're completely gone. They shake okay. the faces down. Gotcha. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. And then there's... I mean, there doesn't need to be faces there anyway. No, not at <laughs> all. Because they can, like, grab you on your fucking shoulder or some shit. No. Yeah, no. Um, but there's, like, there's, like, multiple stories. that It's that one. It's uh, for Dominicans specifically. Right. Um, that one, there's this painting in, like, the clock lobby between the social hall and the uh, dorms. Right. Where there's this big picture of some lady. Okay. And she, I'm, I mean, might be flubbing the story, but I think she got killed at Dominican or she died in like the grounds of Dominican. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they had this portrait of her and her eyes were originally brown. And when she died, I guess, well, they made the painting when she was alive. Right. When she died, the eyes on the painting turned red. And, like, they would always paint them over, and somehow they would always just, like, keep turning red. And the clock within that same, like, area I apparently stopped at the time that she died. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's the physical things that I don't need to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's too uh, much. But it wasn't like, but it wasn't scary. Yeah, no, I haven't had any like per like experience where like, I thought I was gonna die. Right, but, like right. you always have, and it's I wouldn't say this is like ghosts, but like the like sleep paralysis thing. Right, and, like sleep paralysis would scare the shit that, out of have me. Have you never? No. Oh out of god! Anything in out of anything I've experienced out of anything, sleep paralysis would scare me more than anything. Sleep paralysis is the scariest I cannot thing ever <laughs> like you're literally like laying there like wanting to like scream and like I remember there's this one specific and it was in, like the first apartment that I can remember my mom and I were in just the two of us right and I remember just like waking up or what I thought was waking up yeah and like going to get up and I couldn't get up 
And then I just see like this shadow move into my no. room, to the foot of my bed. No. And I like go to scream and it's like something's like not allowing me to scream. I didn't feel like I was being choked or anything, but it's like something had like snatched my fucking like voice right, right. away from me. And it was just terrifying. And all I can remember is like tears just flowing down the side of my face because I was like petrified. How could you not be? That's, yeah, I could not handle that. Yeah. Because my biggest fear is like not being able to like move. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to say claustrophobia because certain small spaces don't bother me, but like mm-hmm. the physical act of not being able to move yeah. scares the shit out of me. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, that would it was too much. It was terrifying. <laughs> Well, speaking of things that are terrifying, I have a listener's email. Okay. I'm going to read you. The title is just Ghost Story. So, well, let's get into it. (laughs) I grew up in the suburbs of Connecticut. When I was a much younger man, I was involved in the community theater world there. Mm -hmm. And one particular town theater had a reputation of being haunted. We both work in theater, Mm -hmm. have worked in theater. When I read this, (laughs) I'd heard the stories about people running upstairs to the dressing room, only to find an apparition in front of the huge makeup mirror, looking at itself while seeming to try to put makeup on. One guy told me that the story, that his story personally, and told me that he came to an abrupt halt, at which point the apparition stopped putting on makeup, turned to look directly at him. That's all he needed to see, and he took off running in a panic, just as the apparition seemed to start heading toward him. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, they're just trying to put some makeup on. They're minding their business. <laughs> he said that the, the, the apparition stopped putting makeup on and turned to look at him. Like, the apparition was like, you're bothering me. Exactly. I'm doing my thing. What the fuck do you want? Exactly. Uh-uh. I love that. But, no, that would be too much. <laughs> No. Just like the slow head turn, like it's like yes, can I help you? Like make a brush in hand. <laughs> I should also mention that though I've never seen it myself, I had heard other stories of people that ran across strange artifacts in the woods surrounding the theater, artifacts that were reminiscent of Satanism. Mm-mm. I had always thought those stories were full of crap, and never really gave it much thought until one particular summer. As the story always goes. Mm-hmm. It's, no, eh, whatever. My thing is, why, like, who takes the time after their rehearsals to go explore the woods <laughs> around this theater? I mean, in high school, you kind of just, like... I mean, yeah. Drink in the woods type moment. Uh, but you're right, you're right. <laughs> uh. I was a punk when growing up and ended up running away from home in my late teens one particular summer. I spent my days working at a local department store. Then in the evening, I would hitchhike to the theater where I would attend rehearsals for a show we were getting ready to perform. Since I was technically homeless, I would crash at some of the other cast members' homes, usually after we went out after rehearsal to eat or drink or something. Then have them take me to work in the morning after a shower, and that process would repeat all over again. Sometimes... When cash was flush, I would even stay at a local Roach Motel that accepted cash from a teenager without question, Mm -hmm. which is great. Well, one night, I found myself with no cash and no one available to host me on the couch, so I didn't know what to do. 
After talking it over with the guy I was doing the show with and who had experienced being homeless himself, I decided to stay overnight in the green room of the theater. He mentioned that the downstairs window lock was broken and he had on occasion sneaked in after everyone had gone to sleep on the couch there. Oh, he had gone in after everybody had left and then he would sleep on the couch there. Gotcha. And I thought this was the perfect solution to my uh, conundrum. He did warn me, though, that he had heard and seen strange things during the nights that he had stayed there, but he couldn't explain what they were. Since the alternative was sleeping outside in the woods, (laughs) I felt his suggestion was the perfect solution. (laughs) I agree. I decided to have someone drop me off close to the theater that night after we had finished at a local restaurant. After I made my way to the theater, I tried the downstairs window with the broken lock and found it exactly as my friend had mentioned. I slid it open effortlessly. I sneakily crawled into the theater green room and was greeted with three big couches from which to choose as my bed that night. Okay, side note. Theaters at night are terrifying in itself. Oh, yeah. Pitch black. That one little ghost light maybe on the stage. Yes. <laughs> when I tell you, I don't know, I don't know if we ever told y'all this when y'all were there when we did, um... No. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently they're, um, in the Lund, prior to, like, ghost lights being a thing right. years ago, apparently there was a homeless guy that, like, wandered into the theater okay. to, like, chill or whatever, right. get some rest. But he couldn't see how far the stage went. Right. And at the time, I guess there was like, this isn't Dominican. I'm mixing two stories. This was another theater. Gotcha. And apparently the show that this theater was doing at the time had um, a trap door to it. Right, right. And they didn't cover the trap door. And this trap door fell eight feet. Oh my God. So the guy walks thinking he's going like going to meet the end of the stage eventually, right. but falls into the trap shit and dies eight feet is far yeah, yeah yeah and like apparently like that was like had they had like hauntings in this theater or right. whatever but hearing that story like anytime i would walk into the lund or even the martin quite honestly like i would make sure there was a ghost light in there before yes. i walked in there because one i didn't want to see any ghosts but two i didn't <laughs> want to like walk in there and fucking die no it's i mean Ghost lights are very important, which is why they're there. It's safety. But make sure your trapdoor is locked. But yeah, it's so hard to judge how far anything is. Even with a ghost light, it's like, you have to be so careful. But anyway. (laughs) We digress. (laughs) (laughs) I made my way around the place, making sure there was no one there to discover the trespasser that I was, and found (laughs) the place to be completely deserted and dark. But the more I looked around, the more the stories started popping in my head. There was a growing feeling of menace. However, when I checked upstairs, the makeup room that was supposed to have been the scene of most of the sightings I had heard was equally empty. But more and more, I started feeling creeped out. The feeling was that I was definitely not alone. That I was not welcome there, even though I found no one. I was definitely physically alone. I made my way back to the green room and the couches that promised my night's resting place. I settled in the coziest couch and closed my eyes in preparation for slumber. 
Then the feeling of menace began to grow. I can't tell you how many times I snapped my eyes open because I was completely convinced that there was someone standing over me to find that I was alone after all. But the longer I stayed there, the more creeped out I became. The energy was almost palpable. I felt my heart racing, felt the darkness creeping in on me. There was such a strong feeling that something was right there hovering over me, wanting me out. Mm -hmm. I kept telling myself that it was all in my head and I cursed out the people that told me the stories. Eventually, I forced my way to sleep. I don't know how long after that it happened, but at some point during the night, I was awoken by something and I can't tell you what. And then in parentheses, he says, I'm getting shivers running down my body as I type this, remembering the event. (laughs) One minute I was deeply asleep, the next I was wide awake and in panic mode. I was absolutely positive that someone was right there. That this someone had had enough and was going to do me physical harm if I didn't get out. I was in a state of complete panic and I had a loss as to what to do. The prospect of sleep was no longer viable. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw something. Something definitely moved in the corner of the room and it seemed to be moving toward me. My breathing became so shallow I thought I was going to pass out. My arms and legs felt numb with cold and my heart was about to explode from fear. And that's when the noises started. Someone was upstairs right above me stomping on the ground. Whoever it was was jumping up and down, making sure I heard them. There was a massive crash upstairs. Then the toilet that was in the other side of the room I was staying in started flushing. Again. Oh, hell no. And again. And again. And it was nonstop and completely unnatural. There's no way a toilet could flush itself that many times that quickly. The water was not even being let to empty the tank before the next set of flushing. Yeah, no. I would have left when, <laughs> when I when he said when he felt menace. Yeah, <laughs> like if you have to keep opening your eyes because you're scared and you feel like something's there, like leave. Yeah, don't don't wait till like all this builds up. Exactly. Uh-uh. That was the final straw. I bolted from the couch I was laying in and don't even remember opening the window to escape the room. I felt I was trapped in. Before I knew it, I was about a quarter of a mile down the road, gasping for air and clutching my knees. I ended up staying the rest of the night, making my way to where I worked, and just sitting and waiting for the store to open up so I could try to get my life back in working order. That day, I quit the show and never again stepped foot in the theater. (laughs) And this is the first time I've ever actually put this down in writing. I've mentioned it to people in passing here and there, but I've never gone into the detail that I have with this email. Thanks for the opportunity to share. It was fun going down this memory lane, though I hope it doesn't cause nightmares tonight, LOL. From Will. Mm. Now. Mm. (laughs) Will, you're stupid. (laughs) I can't say if I felt the feeling of being watched would want me to leave. Mm -hmm. Because I've had that experience before. But definitely seeing anything out of the corner of your eye is enough to like... Especially if it's, like, full-body, like, right. person type of thing. Yeah. yeah I'm leaving. <laughs> As you should, probably yeah. should. <laughs> I'm not even... Especially after you, like, check the entire theater, and yeah. doors are locked, windows are closed, mm-hmm. nobody's there. Like, the only thing... 
I could like assume that could have been possibly seen and that's mainly because there were like nights or two where I would like spend a night in the costume shop because right. I'm like I've done drag the last two days <laughs> and yeah. like going back and forth home I know if I like drive now I'm gonna fall asleep type of thing Absolutely. like I'm just gonna sleep here yeah but like a janitor yeah but like you know when it's a janitor because like you can hear like the garbage can yeah. rolling against the floor and like keys dangling and stuff yeah, so I yeah. just would have left. I mean, yeah, janitor, director, somebody with keys. Yeah. But if you don't hear, A, if you don't hear key, keys, yeah. if you don't door open, if you hear people jumping above you and no yeah. one's in the building. Mm-mm. And then if you see somebody in the room that you completely checked out before you, like, yes. laid your ass down, like. I think that's the thing. If you, if you see something on the corner of your eye, but it wasn't someone like coming in the room, yeah, who was literally just sitting in the corner yeah. or something. Mm mm. <laughs> mm mm. Too much. I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's well past time to go. Well, Rachel. Yes. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. You can follow the podcast at Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter for photos from every episode. And again, I'd love to hear your stories. This one I read today was amazing. So email hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com with your ghost stories. Could be anything from like orbs orbs of light drifting above you to like your TV turning itself on to like Fox News. Not Fox News. Terrifying, right? (laughs) Something's out to get you if that happens. (laughs) But let me know. Rachel S. Slurs. Yeah. Where can we find Watch You? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Rachel Slurs. You can find me on Facebook at Rachel Slurs. Um, you can find me all around um, North Halstead now, Blissy Cuntsville, if you will. <laughs> um, uh, Milwaukee sometimes. Hell yeah. Uh, Get Ven- out now. Venmo that's... Cash App at the Rachel Slurs because a bitch needs money. The um, most important. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you can catch me anywhere. Support your local drag artists, yes. people. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast. And see you all next time. Because everyone loves a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Sources for today's episode comes from an article on Chicagoology, Murderpedia, Chicago Tribune, and the Yale Review. Artwork for this podcast is by the amazing Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. And the music is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at forboyslikeme, that's F-O-R, boys like me. <laughs>